What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. It is a cold winter day here in the grand state of Texas. And I have to update you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, looking out this window, I told you there's this beautiful tree outside and the leaves were changing. And like that doesn't really happen in Texas all that much. The leaves were just beginning to change from green to orangey brown in one week. And I was like, this is just beautiful. I can finally see fall being a Texas kid. I don't get to see it much. That tree was demolished this week. <laughs> that tree is no longer alive. So that's how uh, we're starting off the show today. Um, for those of you that have been listening the last few weeks, you know that producer Sam is now ex-producer Sam. She has moved on, and to replace her, I have a crew of four people who are rotating co-hosts. Today, you get the one and only Sean McAfee from the great country of Italy. Mr. Sean McAfee, how are you doing, sir? Well, let's let's clarify. I live in Italy. I am US born, patriotic, military veteran. Let's have a moment of silence for the tree. I feel like we need the <laughs> from exploding kittens. What what's really funny is does anybody know what exploding kittens is? It's a card game that Sean and I play, which is it's interesting. But I, I want to argue one of your points. If you came to visit me, would I not say that you're coming from Italy? No, you just said Sean from Italy. Yeah. So yeah, you're Sean from Italy. You're in Italy. Sono Italiano. Uh, mi dispiace. Uh, no spreken the Italiano. Uh, you know me. you're on the radio, right? You need to watch your language, young man. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I don't speak American. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, the tree outside my window is crushed. Do you think that that is a sign for how today's show is going to go, Sean? No. No? Nope. nope. We're just clearing the space. There you go. We're just clearing, clearing the space for an epic show. What is the what if that is not the symbol for how Maybe today's show is? the guys from is. Fortnite took it down. Did you watch them take it down? Like I imagine some <laughs> the pickaxe out there. That's probably what happened. There, we're on a college campus. You never know. You never know. Collected at least eighty wood from that tree. Come on. <laughs> Eight people listening to the show understood that reference. You're welcome. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Fortnite, uh, did you see who I ran into last night in the Houston airport? No. You need to follow me on social media better. Um, I do. I ran Shut into up. the to the Catholic Fortnite King himself, Bearded Blevins. We met in person finally. That is cool. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm I'm driving or not driving. <laughs> I wasn't driving the plane. Flying back from St. Louis. I'm at, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about St. Louis today. I went to St. Louis this past week uh, for a conference, the National Youth Workers Conference. It's pretty much like essentially this show is brought to you by the Nas- Nationals. National Youth Workers Convention. That was very difficult to say. That's why they call it NYWC. I was there all week uh, just being poured into spiritually, but also like learning and growing. And I, it was just, it's just awesome. I have a ton of stuff to share from that. But uh, we're going to start at the end of the trip. So we flew back. And right when I hit the ground, Father Anthony Sharapa and at Bearded Blevins, Jonathan Blevins, were making fun of me for two things. One, for like my crying like cat face, like I only use the cat emojis. And then the other one for like my singing videos. Well, I see when Jonathan mess like is messing with me about the singing videos that he's posting that from the Houston airport. And I'm like, I just landed at the Houston airport. I said, which one are you at? He Grab said, that geotag. Exactly. So he 
we and we ended up being one terminal away from each other. So I, I go over there, and as I, I see him from afar, I take pictures of him in his natural habitat, the bar, and and, and <laughs> like we 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 hug, we get to know each other, we talk, and like actually it's kind of funny. Ex producer Sam was with me; she went on the on the trip with me, and so like he gives me he's just an awesome guy. He comes up to me; we've never met. He came on the show; it was the number one show we've ever done, most listened to show we've ever done. And uh, we've never met, and he just he hugs me. He's like, "Hey, man, it's great to see you." And then I introduce my friends, and I say, "This is actually, uh, pr- pr- you know, her as producer Sam." And he goes like, he goes all out. He's like, "Oh my gosh, it's the legend, producer Sam is here." <laughs> and I'm like, "I've been telling producer Sam that she is so much more popular on Twitter than I am, and that like p- she's much more popular on the show than I am, even though it's my show and I created it, but whatever." <laughs> 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 and she finally got to experience that in person. Like, response to me, very good. Response to her, she's a legend. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That is awesome. And then, so if you've been following the story, what do you think I made him do next? Buy you a beer. Um, that's not what I made him do next, but he definitely did buy us all a drink. He was very, very generous in getting all of us a drink. Um, but right after said drink, I made him be in one of my singing videos. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to uh, Instagram, at Taylor Schroll, Facebook, at Forte Catholic, or Twitter, at Taylor Schroll, you can see the video of me and one of the uh, Catholic Twitter leaders, Catholic Twitch leaders, uh, just a great guy. Uh, but can't sing, and he's in my singing video. So I posted the singing video with the crying cat emoji faces. It was one of the best comebacks I've ever had in my because entire he life. Sings like a crying cat. Exactly, exactly. That was for you, buddy. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about me this entire show because it's my show. But I, I just want to ask you later. <laughs> later how are how are you doing? I, I want to start there. Oh, I'm. My toes are a little numb. Uh, it's cold <laughs> here in Italy too, and. Italian floors are generally cold. They don't heat their houses the same way with like central air heating. So you have to do all the radiators. So you're always walking around, always have to have socks and house shoes on. So my feet are a little cold. It's almost 11 PM at night and it's raining outside. And, um, let's just say you owe me a few favors for doing the show last minute for you. So all of the all of these Catholic radio shows, they get exclusives from Italy, and they get to like behind the scenes in the Vatican. You get to know what's going on in Rome. Um, here on this show, exclusively from Northern Italy, you get to know uh, how people's toes are doing. Um, just pour your big gulp into another cup. What was that sound effect? I heard? Uh, we didn't make a sound effect. I think you're you're hearing things. <laughs> I think it'll show up later. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, yeah, we get behind the scenes into how Italian houses are floored. So I, I'm just really happy to bring you this hard-hitting Catholic reporting here on Forte Catholic. Yes, this is uh, this is 1,600-year-old mosaic floors in my house in Torre di Corte Solo. You poor guy. Uh, Th- Thaddeus Romanski, who uh, has a moniker on this show that we won't share so as to not out him. Um, but he is he's playing the tidiest little, tiniest little violin for you right now. <laughs> Thaddeus, you can use your words. You have complete control over the soundboard. Um, Producer Sam left us um, 
uh, new producer, Mr. AJ Barrows, decided he wanted to like be in with his family or something for Thanksgiving. So he's up in Colorado, which is cold. St. Louis, where I was, was cold. Uh, Texas is not as cold. Uh, you're in Italy, which uh, gives you now, frostbite. What's the temperature in there? Let's let's define cold. What's the temperature there? Um, it's it's in the 40s today. Uh, we're in the 30s. Oh, look at that. Not not too far off. So Usually you guys are colder than us. Italy's not that cold anymore. I don't I don't know about all that. Texas is pretty hot. We're kind of known for that. I don't know. It snows every year in Texas though, right? At least whenever I was there. I was north of Dallas. Well, that's the thing. That's that's Dallas. We don't count them as part of Texas. <laughs> um, at least they're at least they're fans, right? Yeah, exactly. Um but uh yeah, like South Texas, like the t- the town that I grew up um, in my 29 years of existence, it has snowed an exact amount of one time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, I, I was looking for a bigger, uh, bigger response to that. South just... Texas, him, ho, ho, not one time, him. You say that like it's, like it's, uh, not true, but, uh, I see horses rocking around my neighborhood all the time. But anyway, um, so we mentioned Thanksgiving, and we are like ten minutes into the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! <laughs> this show actually airs on Thanksgiving Day, so I hope that none of you are listening on the radio live and are are with your families. <laughs> or, or it would be pretty cool to have uh, to just be like, I don't know what show comes on before mine, but you're just like listening to Catholic radio in your house, you know, making your turkey. Hopefully the turkey's been put in the oven by now because it's 10 a.m. But uh, if not, you need to go uh, to Church's Chicken or something and buy some, buy and some if sides. if you have not thawed your turkey before putting in that deep fryer, <laughs> please thaw it before you end up on YouTube. What happens? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Oh, it blows up and turns into a fire, <laughs> burns your house down, you're homeless for a week, and you're on YouTube. All right. I want to take something back that, that Sean said. Sean's the co-host, but I, I'm the host. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but I'm not going to tell you to do it either. So <laughs> have fun. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, I, I'm thankful for this trip that I went on to, to NYWC in St. Louis. It was my first time ever in St. Louis. When we got there, like this Texas kid, like, like it never snows here. And we flew up to St. Louis, and it's snowing while we land, like – I didn't know. Like, I assume that this is a thing that happens, like, because there are places that are cold in most winters. But I was like, I've never landed in a plane while it was snowing before. I was like, I think, are we going to die? Do, do, is this where I die? I don't know if they know how to do this. I forgot my rosary. <laughs> so uh, it snowed. We we arrived. I saw the St. Louis Arch, which I had seen on on TV before, but like our hotel was right next to it. I could see three fourths of it out of my hotel window. It was phenomenal. Have you ever been to St. Louis? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, before I went overseas, we went to St. Louis exactly. And we saw the arch and they were doing a ton of construction under it. And I've heard that it's all been completed. Like it's a huge complex. Is that true? Yeah, they, they finished it. I think the, my Uber driver said a few months ago, it's just absolutely drop dead. Beautiful. Uh, it's the biggest monument in the U S it's, it's, phenomenal i really enjoyed it and it was one of those things that like somebody asked me that was on the trip with us is like why do you like this so much and i was like 
I don't know. It's like big, tall, and beautiful. It's like what I used to be, I guess. Like, I don't know why I like it so much. Well, it's an American icon. I mean, it's the gateway to the West, and it really does preserve a lot of America's history. Not to mention St. Louis is home to some of the most beautiful Catholic churches in the world. And I'm saying that coming from Italy. And it's truly spectacular. I'm sure you're going to talk about the cathedral there. Yeah, we went to Mass at the cathedral. We'll talk about that in the final segment of the day. Uh, no, let's get to that but, right now. But no, um, I also I also thought it was funny that I compared myself to the arts, and then the next thing that you said was an American icon. I was like, oh, Sean, thank you, Taylor, <laughs> American icon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, this is a Catholic radio show, so I want to talk about faith here in this first segment. Um, so uh, I went to this this conference, the first guy that gave the first talk, like right when we got there. His name was Robert Madu. And this guy, it was, it was really interesting because usually at these conferences, it's like the, it's a, it's a Protestant conference, non-denominational conference. And uh, they've been doing youth ministry so well for so long. We go to this conference, they're very Catholic friendly. Like they're not going to just like go up there and preach the things like they want Catholics and like every denomination to come. So they're not going to do anything that's like super like big topic that everybody disagrees on. Right. <laughs> you know, they're essentially doing youth ministry training and then like spiritual uplifting stuff for for those who are in ministry, and they're just really good at it. And this guy, it's, because this this conference is so big, usually it's these huge names that headline. And they they started with this guy who I had never heard of, a lot of people never heard of, and he even talks about that, where he's like, you know, there's like T.D. Jakes on a stage and Joel Osteen on a stage, and then they invited him up one day, and he's like, uh, I don't belong here. You know, like all these huge names and him. And it actually kind of fit with what he's talking about. And I wanted to share some of some of the points and then uh, talk to you about some of it. And one of them was interesting because I sent you these notes. And I think we're going to go through more of the conversation in our, in our third segment. But uh, you, you had – it started an interesting conversation uh, between the two of us before the show. One of the things that I sent you, I just sent you the notes for these from this guy's talk, and you were like, "Well, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I agree with that, and I think this is wrong." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, dude, I, like you, you were like, I don't want to talk about it." I was like, "It's not my talk. I didn't give the talk. That's not what I said. You're putting words in my mouth, <laughs> well, Taylor. Well, fine, uh, whatever. So You're putting uh, texts on my text. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the line. I'm just gonna read it. Um, I think there's some interesting points in in this text, and there are some pretty interesting points that we. Uh, discussed through it. So here's what it says. Uh, Robert Madu said, Satan was created to worship and be a vessel of and for God's glory, but he began to compare himself to God and it ruined him. So like just my initial thought on it, and like, I guess in the context of his, of his talk, he was essentially talking about pride and humility and not, not uh, like keeping your eyes on God and your, the mission that he has given you and not like me not keeping my eyes on like your mission and what you're doing. You're a great author. You started huge websites. Like I, I could easily be very jealous. And it's like, well, that's not what God called me to do. Like that was kind of the point of it. Um, but then you got to know me and you were like, there's nothing to be jealous of. <laughs> your Rocket League skills. I am very jealous of your Rocket League skills. <laughs> Sky Lord. <laughs> Sky Lord? What? It's, you know, like uh, oh, Rocketeer. Yeah. Sky Lord. Sky, yeah, because you are very good. All that really means for the everyone that doesn't understand what he's talking about is that you're very good at the game. So, uh, what was this stuck out to you? Why did that that line stick out to you as like uh, I'm not sure about this? Okay, so without saying too much, I'm always out for theological correctness, and whenever I see something to do with Satan, I'm like, and the angels, I immediately it's got my attention. 
So the first thing here is that it says it says uh, Satan was created for worship and to be a vessel for God's glory, but began to be to compare himself to God and ruined him. The one thing that the Catholic Church teaches is that the angels do not have a free will. They don't begin to think things. They don't begin to do things. Whenever they sinned, whenever the demons sinned because they're fallen angels, whenever they sinned and rebelled against God, it was instantaneous. That's the sound of me snapping my finger in the background. Like Thanos. Right. So they they rebelled against God instantaneously in outside of time. They didn't develop this dislike of God and get together in communion and say, hey, let's rebel against God. How are we going to do this? Let's form a back plan. No, the devil it has zero free will. He chose to do this instantaneously. He was one of God's highest messengers, and he did this. So there's there's that. And then there's the thing, I guess, is just this uh, this notion that, um, well, what did I send you? Uh, what did you send oh. me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angels don't exist to worship God, but to serve him. His envy caused mankind to final end and caused him to be cast down from. And then you and then you argued that it was pride, which I can't argue. Yeah. yeah. Anything, and it's, anything, any rebellion against God centers around a self-centeredness and that's against God. Yeah, it was really interesting because it was it was one of those things like sometimes like in growing, like even in the last couple months, I have found these thoughts that I have like always held to. And then I realized, like, oh, that actually wasn't the church's teaching. And I've had to, like, go and continue to study and to learn and to grow in these things. And this was an interesting thing because I think a lot of—I did a little bit of research, not a ton. It's not like I'm a scholar or anything, but um, that it's actually kind of interesting that, like, the points that you were making and the points I was making— don't cancel each other out and can both be true. It, it was this really interesting thing, and I don't want that to sound like relativistic, but essentially it was like, because I know one of the things that you were saying was that Satan didn't want, like, didn't like the plan for, like, he saw the beatific vision, he saw, like, humans being a huge part of God's plan, his love for them, and he didn't like that because because he thought the angels were higher, right? So he didn't want to be part of that, but then, also, but then he wanted to like take over and be like, "Well, God doesn't know what he's doing, so I'm going to be." So it's 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 kind of interesting how those two things kind of actually can be the same story. Um, and e- like I, it's, it's true. It's yeah. true. It's 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 the eternal world and it's the temporal world, right? The internal world it, it sounds like forever, but there's no time. But the temporal world, which is we say temporal, and that means temporary, but it, it actually has time within our understanding of time. So the devil can prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls, as we say in the prayer, and he can do that in our time, but in God's time, it's it's instantaneous. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, kind of the, the last point on that that I, that I wanted to make before we go to break is that uh, it brought up this really interesting like theological discussion. I, I think even just kind of taking a step back from that and looking at it, like what really hit me about this is that like essentially like Satan took his eyes off of God, like he either took his eyes off of God or he looked at God and said, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Right. And and I think, like, what is that? What it meant for me, like, in the context of this of this ministry conference, was that he was essentially talking about everybody in ministry, and I think people in general, but specifically for people in ministry, it's like, oh, I don't have that many followers on social media, or I don't have as many uh, gigs, speaking gigs, as this one guy. It's like God, God wanted you to stay in your lane. And like, I think my favorite quote that he said, he actually ended with, "God gives you the grace." 
to run your race, not everybody else's. Like, you know, so it's like God has a specific mission for you, Sean. He has a specific mission for me. He has a specific mission for every one of our listeners. And he gave us the grace for that mission for us, not for me to be Sean McAfee, not for you to be Taylor Stroll, but for us to be ourselves. So, hey, we are going to be right back, guys. We've got a huge guest today, Christophonic is on the show. We will be right back after a few minutes to talk to him about his new book and our identity. Hey, this is Tony from Catholic Bomb Co. We make beard bombs, lip bombs, and lotion bars inspired by the Catholic tradition. Um, In the 133rd Psalm, Uh, We're told that men should anoint their beards daily and that it should be joyful um, in the same way that uh, brotherhood, fraternity, and the love that Christ shares with us is. Uh, But if you don't have a beard, if you're not a man, if you want lip balm, lotion bars, beard balm, or anything else, go to catholicbalm.co slash forte and use the code forte uh, to get a discount and support Catholic Balm Co. youth ministry around the world, but also this amazing show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. We have a great interview for you right now. Uh, When huge guests come on and they say they can't record during your time, you move mountains to get to the time that they want to record. I did that way back in the day for a guest the first time I met him named Sean McAfee. Sean, you still there? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so I came and I recorded very early because of the time difference with you being in Italy, but... Uh, now that you're just the co-host, uh, we're recording and it's very late at your house. <laughs> it's okay. This is Forte Catholic. I'm down for anything. There you go. All right. So we had another big guest, Christophonic. I interviewed him by myself a couple of weeks ago. Here it is. Enjoy. All right. As promised, I am here with a man that I have looked up to for quite some time. He is much better looking than me and just commands <laughs> a room whenever he is on a stage doing some great things for the church. Christophonic, how are you today? Brother. So good to be with you, man. Got a slight cold, but I'm happy. I'm very happy that you're here. I'm very sad that you have the cold, and we're just going to pray it away in Jesus' name right now. We're just going to spend this entire time together just praying away your cold. Uh, uh, Listeners, if you would join me, extend your hands towards wherever Chris is in the world, which could be anywhere in the world at this moment because he travels all over the place. (laughs) Take a guess. If you miss, it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dang, I still have the cold. Yeah. In the wrong direction. (laughs) One of us will uh, will have to get it right. I'll just extend. Right. both hands in a, in a general direction and we'll be good there All right. it is, man. so I'm happy to have you here everybody knows who you are I don't have to take time to introduce you uh, everybody knows that you're this great speaker great author founder of real life Catholics so I want to switch it up a little bit and everybody knows that stuff whenever somebody that doesn't know you at all asks you who you are what's your answer I'm an evangelist and a, and a husband and father that's it there yeah. you go <laughs> that's it man that's a, that's a quick summary let me see if I know what you're doing what I think you're doing is if you just say the three things that you're good at it makes you look really good at everything but you're just really good at those three is that fair yeah yeah right <laughs> that sounds good man I cover <laughs> covers a whole gamut <laughs> <laughs> no cussing please on the on Catholic radio I appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> nice dude uh, this is the stuff that means the most to me, though, right? It just it drives me through life. I got um, 
sharing the gospel and then being a family man. That's pure joy. You know, I think we tend to complicate the heck out of life sometimes. We forget to keep first things first. So those are first things for me. So you're keeping it simple for yourself. And one of the things that I love about you and your ministry is that you keep it simple for everybody. Your ministry is called Real Life Catholic. You're real down to earth. You have taken this kerygma message, this basic gospel message, and you've made it dynamic and you've got it to a point where people can understand it. And you did the uh, um, the church series. I'm blanking out now, the mass series. Jeez Louise. Oh, uh, Alteration. And alteration, the there you go. So we did that yeah, series yeah. with a group of people. We had a group of kids who were going to Mass every week, and they were just like, blah. They weren't enjoying it at all. And we actually yeah. uh, sat them through uh, that session, and it, it worked, man. They were they perked up whenever you spoke. You've got a real gift. And so I'm happy to— Praise God. Yeah, happy to be here to talk to you today about your new book and your new avenue you're going down called I Am Blank. I love I love the title. How am I supposed to say that correctly? I am? I yeah, am I, blank? Yeah, I just call it I am. <laughs> I am. There you I go. am. You know, the title kind of, I mean, that blank is like, that. that's whatever we put in that blank. It kind of starts to shape our whole lives. And the way that we see ourselves shapes how we act. And how we act shapes our whole lives. You know, so what, what do you put in that in that space? You know, I am. What, what, what do you think you are? And you, so often we define ourselves in light of a mistake we made or some inadequacy we perceive in our own uh, hearts or lives, or, uh, you know, in, in, we define ourselves in light of some tragedy we went through. Yeah, and we often don't even know that we're doing this. I, mean, I went to an event recently, and a woman came up to me after with tears in her eyes. She said, Chris, I had 12 miscarriages. For years, I believed I was cursed. Wow. And I didn't even know I was telling myself that. Tonight, I claim the truth that I'm a daughter of God. You know, it, it strikes me. She said, I didn't know I was telling myself that. Like, we tell ourselves the most horrible things, and we don't even know we're doing it. <laughs> you know, but that shaped her whole life. And uh, we, we got to get into the head game, man. We, we think, but we don't think about what we're thinking <laughs> or why we're thinking it. And uh, 2 Corinthians, St. Paul says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I'm, I'm just, brother, I'm just so sick of seeing God's people walk around with their heads low, their shoulders slumped, and they don't walk around as if they're royalty, as if they're redeemed by God, as if they're on their way to heaven, to eternal glory, uh, because they're telling themselves garbage. So this book is about rewiring how you talk to yourself, and really, uh, man, as a result, you rewire everything in your life, including your mood, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> This this interview in this book comes at an interesting time for me uh, because I've been talking yeah. with people for the last, I don't know, month or two. It's kind of been the focus of my mentorship, the focus of my prayer, where every about 18 seconds or so, I oscillate internally between I am God's gift to humankind and everything I touch falls apart. Like, that's how I think about myself. Mm -hmm. Like, so like all throughout the day, it's going back and forth and back and forth and back and yeah. forth. And and you're talking about these, these, uh, which is interesting because most people are on one side of those, right? They get stuck in, yeah. I'm not good enough or I'm, or I'm super prideful. And I've, I'm just yeah. there all the time. So <laughs> you're helping people right, see themselves the way the that battle. God, yeah, it's the classic angel and demon on either side. I'm just not sure which side really? is the angel and demons. <laughs> That's it, man. No, it literally is the battle, you know? Uh, the, there's, the devil's called the accuser. He wants to rip you down. The Holy Spirit's called the advocate. He wants to build you up and set you free. You know, and so if, if you are in court, you got an accuser, you got an advocate. So I, I think there's a battle between the accuser and advocate. I think the front line is right between your ears. 
And we're usually on the passive end of that battle. We're just, we're just kind of receiving whatever we're thinking. And God's calling us to jump into the game and, and, and start preaching the truth to ourselves. Now, there's that delicate line. I mean, sometimes people are afraid of just claiming the truth that, you know what? I'm a blessing. I am blessed so I could be a blessing. I'm a king in Christ. Uh, we we kind of think that, that, that self-talk is arrogant or, or proud in a bad way. Um, and we, uh, I think there's a tendency uh, among the people of God to, to think it's holy to somehow rip yourself to shreds or that's humble. You know, but the reality, man, I love thinking about this at Mass. You say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Within three minutes, what happens? You receive the God of the universe on your tongue. Right. Yeah. So we say, I'm not worthy. God, give us an answer. My answer is myself. You're worthy. I declare you worthy. You're not worthy because you earned it. You're worthy because I am, and I made you that way. You're my child. You know, so there's, a, there's something more than, than, a, than giving a pep talk to yourself. There's something more than self-help going on in that. It's, it's God help. It's grace. You know, it really changes everything. You have this book, I Am, and it fills in, it goes through 33 days of, of trying, as you mentioned, rewiring the brain. And I've, you know, I've heard a ton of studies that it takes that long to create new habits, create new ways of thinking. Um, one thing that's interesting for me, a lot, of, a lot of my listeners have been practicing their faith for quite some time. And I know that one of the, like a lot of the times, uh, these words that you, were, that you were saying that all of these words have power. Um, a lot of these words have kind of like lost their power, I think, for a lot of people who are in the church. Like day one, I look at it and it says, I am new. That's, that's where we're starting off. And I, you know, I've heard this so often growing up in the church. I am made new. I have become a new creation. And then I believe that. And then I go and I, and I, I sin just like I did before I met Christ. Or I, I'm a jerk just like I was before I met Christ. And I'm like, well, yeah. am I really new? And there's kind of that struggle there. Um, how does continuing to reflect on these things uh, help me combat that? Well, we, we tend to act out of how we see ourselves, right? That's why in Scripture you see, I think it was St. Peter pleading, you know, don't, don't you know that you— you're redeemed uh, by not just by a, a perishable sum of silver or gold, but the precious blood of Christ. You know, when you keep that kind of thing in mind, and your sin is right before you, and you pause and think, "Who am I?" Right? I'm gonna put sin in the right light. It's not you're not. It's not sin because it's a breaking of an arbitrary rule. It's it's it's, uh, it's sin because it breaks you. It's sin because it's not worthy of who you are, or what God has made you. What you are. As a, as a royal uh, child of God, you know. So, um, yeah, man, it's it, 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 you can avoid a whole lot of sin by remembering who you are. You know, <laughs> my uh, my little sister. I mean, she she's an incredible woman of God now with kids, but she had a, her time in high school where she was doing a lot of stupid stuff. And uh, my mom, I tell you, I just remember this. Used to always call her my angel. And no matter what she was doing in life, oh, my angel, I love you so much. She said, Mom, stop calling me that. Why? You're my angel. And then she just fessed up and uh, everything she was doing wrong after her mom was calling her angel. Because, like, you you, you remind me of who I am. You remind me of my dignity, what I'm called to do. And then the sin looks horrible in that light. You know, but if we're garbage, we might as well keep sinning again and again and again and again. That's the the accuser, right? He, He wants you to label yourself in light of your sin. You are that. So go ahead. Keep doing it. 
Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. I, I've totally seen like the areas of my life where I've been held back in that, and then the areas of of my life that have been successful because I was like, you know, like like you mentioned, Saint Paul. One of my favorite lines. He calls essentially what was like the Las Vegas back then. He calls them saints, and I'm like, well, if they're saints, then I guess I could do it too. You know, I'm I'm not doing all the stuff that they are. So. Um, I'm excited for yeah. people to get their, their hands on this book. Uh, the It was interesting. I, I opened it up. I just got the book about a day and a half ago. And right from the beginning, I saw that uh, like the first verse that you use was in the beginning was the word. And then I was like, man, like if people don't notice or recognize that words are powerful, like the scripture starts with word. The gospel of John starts with right. word. The word of God is power. I guess we understand that in like a theological level, but why do you think that like the words that we speak, not even to others, but just internally to ourselves, are so powerful in how we can move forward and grow closer to God? Dang, you know what? I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I come out swinging in a book and say words change things, but Jesus is called the Word of God, <laughs> right? And I know that they do change things, and I, and I don't think it's sufficient even to think the right words, but when you really need to hear them, you got to say them out loud. I've struggled through my life with this sense that I'm inadequate, you know? I, I look, when I feel that hit my gut, that old lie from the accuser, I look in the mirror, I say it out loud, you're king. That's the driving name that I need to claim for myself. The book goes through these 33 names, but also tells you to find yours that you need to repeat so you can reshape how you see yourself. Now, why is that so powerful? Dang. I'm going to be thinking about praying about that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Chris Stefanik's <laughs> next, next book, Why Words Are Powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why the heck are they powerful? But, but I'll say this. They are, so... We got to use them in the right way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a great answer. Uh, there's there's That's one it. more that I want to zoom in on. One of one of the thirty three that says, "I am me." Because again, I have this struggle with myself. It's like I want to become the holier version of me, but I also I also want to stay me. You know, so like, what does yeah. that look like uh, for me or for anybody? Yeah, I, I think it's important to look up to other people, right? but not to confuse your call with the call of others. I spent a lot of time in my ministry thinking, am I supposed to be Scott Hahn, Jeff Cavins, Jason Everett, Leah Darrow? No, I'm certainly not supposed to be a female, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I just, you know, you find your given passion or career, you're going to find the people you look up to in that, in that career and confuse that, you know, while you can be inspired by them, you're not to take your cue from them in such a way that it confuses what God's doing in you in particular. And it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that, no, he's calling me to be Chris Stefanik and I have a particular voice that no one else will ever have. No one else has had. Um, you know, and, and he's calling me to be true to that. There's a beautiful freedom in embracing that. And, and saying, you know, if some people don't like that voice, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I got to own this. Right. Gotta, there's a way we have to reflect on how God shines his light through us. Each saint, man, you see the light of God shining in a different way through each saint. Like the light hits that prism and, and that, that crystal, so to speak, and shines out in different colors, right? So God's given us the gift of each other so we could see his glory shining through each person in its own particular way. Uh, that doesn't only apply to the saints, that applies to us. You know, I, I think about Mary saying, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Uh, that was a unique song of praise, the Magnificat. Because she's not just praising God, she's specifically praising God within her. 
she's specifically looking down oh, at the wow. light of Christ shining yeah. through her and saying, whoa, this is how God shines through me. Praise him. And we're supposed to do that. And that's what I'm going to be thinking we about the rest that. of the day. I've been praying that prayer my whole life and never thought about it like that. So we've both, yeah. we've both got our homework. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that you bring yeah, up man. all the people that you've looked up to, because I've looked up to you for, for quite some time. But yet, I'm still going to strive to be the best Taylor's role and not you. So, hey, thanks so much Amen. for co- coming on today, man. I want people to go check out the book. How can they find it? What's the best way for you? RealLifeCatholic.com. It's also on RewriteYourName.com. Get that book, man. It's a seriously change your life. Change your lives. All right, man. Hey, go get the book, guys. All his social media links are there as well. Follow on social media. You'll get this stuff daily in your Instagram stories on and, and on Facebook, on on Twitter, wherever. So, uh, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. I hope that this book um, impacts as many people as possible. You're awesome. Thanks, brother. You're a a king. I'll see you again soon, man. Thanks. (laughs) That was Christophonic, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed the interview as much as I enjoyed hosting it. Uh, Were you nervous? I was nervous. That was so much fun. Hey, guys, we got one more segment left for you today. We will be right back. Hey, I just want to take a moment to tell you about our new affiliate for the show, Sock Religious. I am so excited to be partnering with these guys to bring you some great content and everything that you buy also helps to support the show. So here's what you need to do. Head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash socks. That's part one. You can find all the information about it. You can see the amazing socks that they have, designs like John Paul II, St. Teresa, Mother Teresa, St. Joseph. They are cool socks. Like, I've never been the most fashionable person, but they are helping me up my sock game. They can do the same for you. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks. And also, a little bonus, if you want 15% off your first order, when you get to ordering, use the code Forte15, all capital, F-O-R-T-E, and the number 1-5, you'll get 15% off your first order. Do it. Get you some socks and help out the show. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is Taylor Schroll. I am joined by one of the top four co-hosts of Forte Catholic, Sean McAfee. Sean, it's very late over there. What time is it over in the great country of Italy? It just passed 11.04 p.m. (laughs) It just passed 11.04, so that would make it 11.05? Is that, am I reading you correctly? Correct. (laughs) That was oddly specific. Um, So uh, you get to live in a a vacation destination all the time. That's where your home is. So that's, that's kind of odd. Like you're just vacationing when you go home. I like to think of it as an extended pilgrimage. This is a very unique place to live. Yeah, you're always talking about, you're always like talking about and like posting these pictures and videos of these beautiful churches, and I get very jealous. Yeah, it's it's a good place to live. Um, sometimes, honestly, I do think about some of my drives through Colorado or Wyoming of California or Nebraska or the East Coast, and I think about, you know what, I really miss the wide openness of the United States, because every single point in Italy is filled with something. And there's so much noise here. Um, but, you know, the United States it does have its uh, unique places, too, and there's a lot of great churches there as well. 
most people name drop people on Catholic radio. You just name dropped random states for some reason. <laughs> what up, Nebraska? <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm going to look up how many listeners we have in Nebraska whenever we're done with the show, and I'll, let, I'll be sure to let you know. They have a huge Catholic following there. I'm not sure about uh, Forte Catholic, but I'm sure this will boost at least one viewer. One viewer? viewer one listener. Viewer? You're a very, listen, very I, smart man. I listen with my mind. <laughs> Uh, th- were you ch- wait? You know what we're talking about. Were you trying to segue into <laughs> into our topic for this segment? Leading with your abs. No, we're talking about leading with your gut, which means only using half your brain. But it's my show, and I was actually trying to segue into me talking about the beautiful church I went to uh, in St. Louis. Would that be okay with you? Yes. Okay. So, uh, being being here in in Central Texas, like I've been to the Alamo. That's probably the coolest church that I've been to in Texas. Um, so so not quite as beautiful as some of the ones in Italy, and uh, just frankly not in, in good repair. I mean, it's a very old building. Uh, but I went to St. Louis, and I was very very impressed uh, by the beauty by the size of this thing um for you for you that are listening or or watching somehow um you could go check out the pictures that i posted of of this church on twitter at taylor stroll on instagram at taylor stroll uh just a beautiful beautiful church and it was one of those things that like i'm, I'm a large guy like we we had this whole thing of, of, about a month ago about if i could uh, beat a, a small elephant in a fight like i'm big enough to have that conversation six to 250 pounds i felt like I was a little ant in that church. That church, if I had to guess, it was at least 100 feet tall. Um, just absolutely beautiful. Sean, when you walk into these beautiful churches in Italy, like what, it, it, describe the experience, because it's a thing that I don't experience often, and I definitely experienced something very different when I went to this uh, Basilica Cathedral in St. Louis. How do I describe that? I don't know. There's there's uh, there's two feelings that go on. You, you compare most churches to the best church you've been in, and then you try to find a unique experience in the church that you're in. So I try to find something very unique in all of the churches that I see here in Italy. So the first thing I do is I probably try to look at the artwork or look at the architecture or look at the age of the church, and I try to imagine to myself who might have walked through this church so sometimes I study the routes of certain saints, you know, where they traveled, St. Dominic, St. Francis, um, or even the ancient poets like uh, Dante. You know, he was exiled from Florence. He went up to Verona and made his way down to Ravenna. So he probably came through my area here up in Veneto, um, close to Venice, uh, and, and maybe maybe walk through some of the churches here. Uh-oh, I just got some feedback. I'm just, I'm just laughing because— uh... Uh, Thaddeus, who is uh, producing today's show, is a history major, and he just started arguing with you. Uh, history, he is a historian. He's a doctor of history. Very oh. fancy. Uh, dresses very fancy, talks very fancy. And uh, he muted my mic and his mic to tell me that you were wrong. I really like Thaddeus a lot. I don't know if I've Which said that Which part was before. I wrong about? Um, he said that Dante wasn't ancient. He was from the Middle Ages. He was, I don't know why it matters, but it really does to Thaddeus. So I wanted to just put it out for so, all everybody watching this show right now. <laughs> so let's put it this way. He ended the Middle Ages with the Divine Comedy. It was written 800 years ago. Post this on Instagram and ask people if they think that 800 years ago is is ancient. I don't think you heard me correctly. No one cares. I think that's the, I think that's the main point that I was trying to make. Um, 
Thaddeus, I apologize. Uh, Thaddeus, <laughs> hey, I want your hey, commentary. I didn't, I didn't mean to derail the segment. I'm sorry. I was. I, this was like inside, you know, behind the scenes. I'm sorry. There, there, like Thaddeus, his eight professors and his the four people that he graduated with um, really cared about this topic being being clarified. And I don't think any of them listened. Do you think any of your history professors listened to Forte Catholic Thaddeus? <laughs> Probably a better chance of that guy in Wyoming picking up the Forte Catholic show on his podcast list than you know some of my professors. That's probably true. That would be a here. I'm gonna let you retry it. Uh, say that same thing, but say the state of Nebraska, and that joke will be brilliant. Okay, probably a better chance of that one listener in the state of Nebraska picking up oh, Forte Catholic on his podcast list than some of my professors. That's so good. That is. I'm really happy for you. So. That was awesome. Okay, so uh, this church. It has, there were two, so I don't know, it's really hard to describe these things. Go look at the pictures on my social media. If you look in the front of the church, there's this beautiful altar and huge, uh, like, Jesus on a cross uh, statue, uh, just tons of pillars. (laughs) That's how I describe it. Tons of pillars. It was amazing. Uh, But on on the right and the left side, there were two, uh, Sean or Thaddeus, y'all are both smarter than me. So what's the... It's shaped like a cross, right? Like most churches are. Shaped like a cross. So we're sitting in the long part at the cruciform. Cruciform, right? And okay. So at the mm. top part is where the altar is. So what would you call like the huge they're like these big Apps. rotundas on the right and the left. What'd you say? Apps. Watch your language. Apps. Apps? Like there's an app for that? No. A P S E. A P A Apes. Planet of the Apes. Apps. Apps. There's an app for that. There's an app for two things at this church. One was uh, on the right side. It's it's this beautiful uh, painting of something. I'm not really sure. Um, but I wasn't focused on the painting. I was focused. Do you know what this is, Thaddeus? Uh, it says Rabuini. It's somebody talking to Jesus. But the main thing that I like... Oh, that's Mary Magdalene seeing Christ in the garden after the resurrection when she says Rabboni and says, you know, teacher, when she calls out to teacher and recognizes him that he's not the gardener. You know how I could have known that? If I zoomed in a little, it says Mary right next to it. I just didn't see the name. Thank you, though. How did you know that? Just... I was really confused by the angel being red. I thought it was a demon behind Jesus. I was really confused. We don't need to go into that right now. Why? I know that's not important. Okay. Um, Thaddeus is usurping me as the co-host. You see this, Sean? You're still here. I forgot about you. Listen, fellas. I didn't even mean to. Like I said, I wasn't trying to hijack the segment. I'm I'm muting. I'm muting my microphone right now. now Called epic, epic Thaddeus Forte uh, Catholic. What's really funny is Thaddeus is everybody's favorite character on the show. Uh, He just (laughs) usually doesn't come on as Thaddeus. He comes on as someone different. So uh, at the bottom of this of this uh, of this painting in the apps, it says, "In if Christ had not risen, your faith is in vain." That's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, Sean, have you heard that before? Yeah, it's from one of the church fathers. I can't remember who. You know who probably knows. Thaddeus, the muted historian. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We, we'll never know now. Um, on the other side, on the other side of the church, it's um, Pentecost, where it's like all of the apostles are there, and there's literally like they're all engulfed in fire. Uh, and I just thought it was really interesting 
like I don't think I had heard this until maybe a year or two ago, but Mary's there. Like Mary's present. Like usually like all growing up, I just pictured it being like the t- 11 apostles plus the new Taylor. guy. Yes. Interrupting cow moment. First Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Okay. Not a church father, an apostle. Wait, Which read it again. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Okay, so I guess em- a, empty and vain are the same thing. The Bible? Yep. Okay, yep. it was a church father. His name was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're, they're all church fathers, see, I suppose. See, we were right. We were right. Um, Paul was not there at Pentecost. He was busy being uh, uh, not Christian. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I just thought it was really interesting to have Mary there with the apostles. And I had heard that maybe a year or two ago, but to see it was really powerful. Had you ever heard of Mary being at Pentecost? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, where we get the modern interpretation of the novena, where where she was with them for nine days, and she had also gestated Christ for nine days. And so now we pray um, and mourn sometimes also for nine days. Uh, Thaddeus unmuted himself. I can't wait. <laughs> well, and, I, and silently I asked if I could bust Taylor's It wasn't chops silent. Everybody could hear you. <laughs> the other the other way you might know if that Mary was at Pentecost is if you prayed the rosary more because she's that's one of the that's one of the glorious mysteries of the of the uh, rosary. Wait, that, also if that you're, Mary if you was read there? Acts chapter two, mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. That Mary was there. Okay. Yeah. I I thought you were gonna come with Sean's point. Is it also in the scriptures that Mary was there? No, but yeah. I mean, it's it's. Definitely... Wait, wait. You, Sean said yes, and Daddy said no. No, I meant. I'm saying. I'm just saying. You would know. You would know that from praying the mysteries of the rosary. Yeah, we all know that I don't pray the rosaries. But I know, and that's what I said. Can I bust <laughs> I, I, your chops a little bit? But but I don't think I've prayed a rosary before. Like I don't think it says that Mary was at Pentecost when in the rosary, does it? Like if you do a scriptural rosary, or if you do a meditative rosary with you know an icon or something, there usually those 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 pictures have Mary per- portrayed in the upper room with the with the disciples. Wouldn't you say, Sean? Thaddeus is trying to say that if you pray with an icon, you start seeing things. <laughs> I, <laughs> what's really funny is that like we started off with Taylor doesn't pray rosaries enough, and then it became, well, to get the point I was trying to make, you have to use a rosary, the right icon, the right scriptural <laughs> prayer, and also have a great imagination. <laughs> I, guess Sean, I guess Sean is an iconoclast is what we're finding out. I don't know what that <laughs> word means. Now y'all are taking, now Thaddeus is the host and Sean is the co-host, <laughs> and I'm just the idiot talking into a microphone. Hang up, Taylor. You're fired. <laughs> Hang up. Uh, welcome to uh, Historical Catholic with Thaddeus Romanski. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, I'm muting myself again. All this to talk about a pretty church that I went to. <laughs> wait, okay, but does it really say that Mary was there in the scriptures, Sean? Yes. Um, where? I'll find it. Hold on. Okay. While you find it, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. <laughs> you find it. Let me know when you find it. Um, one of the interesting experiences of going to this cathedral for mass is that like we. Bro. Yes. <laughs> okay, Acts one fourteen. They all joined together constantly in prayer. This is where the nine days came, comes from mm-hmm. for a novena, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. There you go. And I, I guess it said like because they didn't leave, we assume that she was there nine days later. 
Correct. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Thank you. It's just so great to have these two scholars, one of whom has a doctorate, and the other one, um, what's the furthest schooling you've gotten, Sean? I have a master's in dogmatic theology. See, there you go. It's. I don't know if you could see it, everybody, but uh, I think how this conversation has gone is that Thaddeus has proved that he is the smartest. Sean has proved that he is the second smartest. And I might not be the host of my show anymore because I uh, dropped out of getting a master's. So there you go. <laughs> okay. So the point of bringing this up um, was not to make me look bad, but that's what happened. The point of bringing this up was that we left... I mentioned earlier that the conference that I was at, the National Youth Workers Convention in St. Louis, the reason we were there is a non-denominational conference. So they didn't have mass because that's not something that they do. So we left the conference um, Saturday evening to go to mass at the cathedral. And what was really interesting is that at the conference, like we got to see everything Protestants did do well. We, we saw dynamic preaching. We saw like passionate and like intense worship and like we had great experiences there and it was one of those things that like you know it's 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 not church it's a conference so there but there's like you know insane lights and sound systems and just tr- a, a slew of tremendous musicians coming through to lead us in worship throughout the weekend and it was just in a really really powerful um like con like compare and contrast um kind of experience where I guess not really a, a compare because I really got to see some of the things, you know, Jesus's prayer was that we'd all be one, right? And we are not one. And the Catholic church has the fullness of truth in content, right? And I, I think if you look at the history of the church, it has some pretty good methods of share, like there's over 1 billion of us. So the methods aren't terrible, but I do think that there are things that we can learn from our Protestant brothers and sisters. And it was, but it was really cool going to this church and seeing the beauty of it. Seeing the beauty, like I had a different experience. Both experiences to me were good. They were spiritually uplifting and and I really enjoyed them. And obviously like the best part of that was um, receiving the Eucharist, right? But it it was just this really interesting thing where it's like we try to compare and try to uh, bash one side's bashing the other side. And I just had this great experience of I got fed by both of these things. And for me as a Catholic, it was fine to go to both of those things, right? And I, I really was just because I, I'm because I'm not around these churches and because I don't pray my rosary enough, like I'm not as traditional as most people when it comes to liturgy stuff. But being in this beautiful church, um, I really did feel the presence of God literally just by walking in. Like the mass didn't even start. And I was already like the the beautiful art, the the just beautiful structure. Like I was like, this is this is awesome. Like this is home. And then, you know, we enjoyed Mass. We went and had dinner with my seminarian friend, Travis Crotty. We went back to Protestant Conference and enjoyed that, too. Uh, Sean, we got 40 seconds left. What say you to anything that I've said the entire show? Did you say your friend is an Arian? Seminarian. Seminarian. You watch, okay. you watch your mouth, and apparently I'll watch mine. Sean, thanks for coming on last minute. We had a co-host that it was a, it was a, a confusing thing. Um, they said that they were coming on the 19th and I thought they meant the November 19th. They meant December 19th. So it was very confusing. I called you. You came in. You're awesome. I appreciate you coming on to the show. I love you. I love you too. Guys, we will be back next week. We're going to be talking to Michael Foley about his new book, drinking with St. Nick to get ready for the holidays. Say it. <laughs>